Uh, some of you may know, um, but uh, the last two weeks for me were a little bit of an adventure. Um, I, uh, so two weeks ago, I went to Chicago for my uh, spiritual direction program, our conference that we've, I've been going to a few times a year. Um, on Monday morning, I woke up and I had a text message that came in at 3.30 in the morning from Father Bruce. And he said, give me a call whenever you get a when you get this, when you wake up. So I wake up, wondering what this is about. Um, he was starting to show symptoms of COVID. Um, he ended up testing positive, And basically, we were scrambling to try and cover masses and funerals. Father Carl Collins took a funeral for us. Father Benny took a funeral for us. Um, but we, Father PJ took our masses. But we were kind of scrambling, trying to figure out what that meant and what was going to happen. So that happens. It, I thought it was done. I thought it was over and finished. Until Tuesday, I started feeling achy. And then I started feeling the chills. And then I started feeling a little bit of congestion. And then a scratchy throat. And then a splitting headache. And it just didn't stop and progressively got worse and worse and worse. Until Wednesday morning when I finally tested positive for COVID. Now, if you do the math, I'm, I'm out of quarantine. I'm out of masking and everything else. I'm, I'm good. It's like 12, 14 days ago, something like that. So um, I'm good now. But... Um, at the time, I was like, okay, well, what does this mean? I'm now in Chicago, COVID positive, what do I do? Well, I called our HR director, and I was thinking, well, I might be able to fly home anyway because it's, I'm vaccinated, I didn't know all the rules and what went on. And she said, no, you're actually stuck there until Monday. So stuck there until Martin Luther King Day. So I'm in a dorm room with a bed, a desk, and a toilet, and that's about it. And good luck, you're not coming home until Monday. Until I talked to my dad, and he gave me this wild idea. So I rent, rented a car, very, very nice, big, spacious Prius. Um, so I don't fit in a Prius, if you ever want to know. But I, I, so, and I left on Thursday morning at 6.15 from north of Chicago. And I pulled into St. Hillary at 9.15 p.m. on Thursday night and drove 15 hours in one day with COVID across our beautiful country. Um, now, I'm saying this because I, when I was sitting in the dorm room in Chicago and trying to map out what I was going to do and trying to come up with every possible idea of how to get home, because if I'm going to have to ride out quarantine, I'm going to ride it out in my bed, and I'm not going to ride it out across the country, right? Um, I, I, I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to figure it out. It was one thing to see that map that set, showed Libertyville, Mundelein, Illinois, to Raceland, Louisiana, and seeing that line across the country with the little number that said 15 hours. I, you know what? That's not that bad. I can do that because I just want to get home really bad. It's a whole nother thing after driving for a half a day to be stuck, to be driving in rural Mississippi at 7.30 at night down I-55, which by the way is the most boring stretch of road you have ever come across, right? Because it's trees and a road and that's it. Right. And if I'm dry, it's a whole nother thing to be immersed in it and to see exactly how boring and rough this is, because every podcast was listened to every every song I wanted to listen to was done. Every phone call that I wanted to make was done. And I just wanted to get home. It was a whole different thing to see it 
on a computer, on a phone, and, not, and, and know about it, than to be immersed in it and experiencing it. Now the reason why I, I, I lay this out is because while that is the case for this wonderful trip across our country that I did a couple of weeks ago, it's also the case with people. It's a whole different thing to know about than to know. Today in our Gospel, for example, we hear Jesus is in Nazareth. Now anytime Jesus is talked about by somebody in the Scriptures, we hear there's a phrase they use. They call Him Jesus of Nazareth. Because Nazareth is His hometown. Galilee is the area that He lived in. Nazareth is His hometown. It would be like saying Central Lafouche and Gaines. Or Central Lafouche and Raceland, right? Nazareth is his hometown. The people in Nazareth know Jesus. And Jesus today does what, everybody, what every good Jew in Nazareth is doing on the Sabbath. He goes to the synagogue. Now, let's have a, one little like Jew, Jewish religion 101 real quick. A synagogue was different than the temple, right? The temple was, the, was in Jerusalem. It was the place where the, the Ark of the Covenant was, where God dwelled among men. It was the presence of God on earth. It was in the temple, and that was in Jerusalem. While that was in Jerusalem, that's where the sacrifice was offered. That's where you would go a couple of times a year and make pilgrimage to offer your sacrifice at Passover and all these different times of, of the year. But on the normal Sabbath day, on the normal days of the year, on the normal Sabbath, the normal Saturdays, typically you would not go to the temple, but instead you would go to your local community synagogue where there would be a reading of Scripture. One of the books of Moses, one of the first five books of the, of the, um, of the Bible that we call the Torah, and then a reading from one of the prophets. Right? To, to think of it along the lines of what we experience in the Catholic Church, think if we all had a couple of times a year had to go to a Mass at the cathedral. So we would all make pilgrimage and go to the cathedral a few times a year. That would be the one time, the couple of times that we would go have Mass. But every other Sunday, instead of going to the cathedral in Homa or, or to New Orleans or wherever, instead of going to that, what we would do is, is we would meet every other Sunday in our local church at St. Anthony, for example, and do a liturgy of the Word service where we would read Scripture and we would come together to pray. So this is what's happening on this day, is that it's a normal Sabbath and Jesus is in His hometown. And Jesus was seen as a prophet, or was seen as a rabbi. He was seen as a teacher. He was one that they would get to read the Scripture and to break it open for them. So Jesus is in His hometown, and the people know He's there. So I'm sure that more people probably showed up for Him. Because they grew up with Him, and they know Him, and they, oh yeah, Jesus, uh, yeah Mary's boy, I, I, I know who that is. So sure enough, He's in the, he's in the, temp, he's in the synagogue, they have their celebration. They hand him a scroll to read from. And the scroll that's read is from the prophet Isaiah. And we read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. 
sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus reads a prophecy from Isaiah that the Jewish people knew well. Because this prophecy was meant to talk about the Christ, the Anointed One, the One who would come and set them free. Now the Jews had a very, very long, long, long history of persecution. Going all the way back to Egypt and the exile and and having their temple destroyed and rebuilt multiple times of being under the boot of of Roman rule at that time. They have a lot of history and this was, a, this was a Scripture that was very, very hopeful for the Jewish people. And after he reads it, he rolls the scroll up, and he sits down to give his sermon. And when he sits down to give his sermon, we have one phrase that, that in our Gospel today of what he says. Today, this Scripture, the Scripture about freedom, the Scripture about the end of persecution, Today, this Scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is saying, I'm the Christ. I'm the One who's promised. I'm the hope of all of Israel. And He's saying this to the people that know Him the best. That watched Him grow up. Imagine for a second. I I grew up here. I'm from here. Imagine for a second that next week I walk into Mass and I come in and say, I am the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Y'all would look at me and say, I thought He would be better. Y'all would probably, the next thought would be, Yogi, son? Because you know me. You know my history. You know my background. You've watched, people have watched me grow up, right? I, I was the bad kid sitting in the pew right here with my grandparents back in the day, right? I, I remember, like, I, you would look at me and you would say, I know all these things. That's what the people in Nazareth felt. Him? We were expecting a military leader. We were expecting a king. We were expecting someone who was going to come and overthrow governments and overthrow the Roman rule and overthrow all these things. He's a good kid, but him? Isn't he a carpenter? What's special about him? Years ago, I was on a, uh, I went to a retreat when I was in college, and um, I remember going to confession for this retreat, and when I went to the confession, um, I walk up, I, I sit down with the priest, and I'm talking to him, and I'm like, I, I give him all my sins and all, my, all the reasons why I'm not Jesus, right? Like, I give him all the things that I've done wrong, and, and then I start talking to him, I'm like, man, it's just like I've hit a dry spot in prayer, and I don't know what's going on, and I've been discerned in the seminary, but I don't know if that's where God's calling me, and it was just, I was struggling at the time. And uh, at one point, he looked at me, and he said, when did, when did you start to learn about God? Like, like, give me your history a little bit. And I was like, oh, well, my parents brought us to Mass every week. And I learned my prayers when I was a little kid. My grandparents and my, my parents, we, 
they, they reinforced the faith, and then I went to Catholic school, and then I got involved with my youth group, and I, I got confirmed in my parish, and then I, I, I was plugged into my campus ministry in college, and I was, I was explaining all these things, and he looked at me, and he asked me a very pointed question, but it's a very, very important question, and I think it's a question for all of us as well. He looked at me, and he said, so do you know about Jesus, or do you know Jesus? Do we know about Jesus? Or do we know Jesus? Because the people in Nazareth that are asking questions, that are taken aback, probably know about Jesus. They know where he's from. They know what he did growing up. They probably saw him play with his kid, like with their kids. And they know about him. They know he didn't do too much wrong, you know. They know about him. But the question is, do they know him? Because if they knew him, they would know that he's, he's, he's right about he's coming to fulfill this promise. Think about it Think about in a relationship. If a man only knows about the girl, his wife, his girlfriend, his fiance, whatever, he only knows about, like the occupation, their eye color, their real hair color, right? Um, what, their, um, what their hobbies are, their age. If he just knows about them, does that relationship have any chance? How empty of a life would that be? If years into a marriage you only know about your spouse. God doesn't want us to, to, to know about Jesus. Like the Lord, God, God presents Himself over and over, not just the about, not just the little stories and hobbies and things that like Jesus apparently liked to do things with water and wine, and, and he, liked to, he liked to heal people, and that, that's good, and that's all I really need to know. God doesn't want us to just know about Jesus, like what we can get from a dating profile. Instead, He wants us to know Jesus. He wants us to know his son as a person, not a profile. This week, is, Pope Francis had asked and, and declared this week, be Word of God Sunday. And every week we come together and we pray and, and, and we listen to the Word of God broken open for us. But in a particular way, we as Catholics have a, have a tendency to be ignorant of Scripture, and it's almost become a joke. That, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a Catholic, so I don't know the Bible. But I pray my rosary, right? It's a beautiful prayer, beautiful prayer. But we use Catholic as almost an excuse of why we don't pray and read the Bible. St. Jerome once said that the ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Because with the Bible, what, what, what we see in the Bible is not just an anthology. It's not just a book of old stories. It's not just a book of lessons. It's not just a book that we're supposed to kind of flip through and hope that we find something we care about, right? It, the Bible is meant to be a living and breathing witness and experience of Jesus Christ. Of God Himself. Active. In our life. 
that when we, when we enter into Scripture, when we pray with Scripture, when we reflect on Scripture, when our imagination is seized by the Scriptures, what happens is that Jesus Christ is no more known as just a profile or a list of attributes or a list of, of things that He might have done, but instead we come to know the person of Christ. We develop a personal relationship with Christ, which sadly sounds like a Protestant thing, but it's the... It's the the reality for every Christian. It's the destiny for every Christian to know Jesus on a personal, true level. And it's accessible to every one of us. But sadly, what often happens, and I speak of, I'm talking about me just as much as anybody else, our Bibles become really, really nice coffee table books. that tell us we know about Him. That tell everybody that walk into our house we know about Him. But the dust on it is a clear sign that we might, is a sign that we may not know Him as well as we think. This week, my challenge to you, my challenge to every one of us in here, start praying with the Bible. You don't have one, go buy one. Go dig one up. If you don't know what the translations are that you need to get, get in touch with the church. We can let you know. We can give you the right things. Call us. We got extra Bibles in the back. We will give you one if it means that you're going to break it open and actually pray with it. But Father, and I, and I know this is something that somebody's thinking right now, and I feel the same way. I'm intimidated by it because I don't know the stuff. I don't know the background. I don't know the words. Some of those names are just weird, right? Like, like Nehemiah that we read today in the first reading, like that's a weird name. Who names that kid Nehemiah? Right, like those kind of things. Like, but, but the reality is, is that we have more resources and ways to be able to enter into the Scriptures than we ever have had at our fingertips. And we as the church want to help you. If, you. if you're so intimidated that I don't even know what book to start in, just start with the daily readings. You can pull them up online. There's a list of them in the bulletin. Just start there. Because when we allow our imaginations and our hearts to be seized by the, by the Holy Scriptures, and we come to know Jesus more deeply, when we come to Mass on Sunday, it's not a reintroduction to Him. Instead, it's a reunion. It's not us coming to, meet, to, to, to reintroduce ourselves. How are you doing, Jesus? Remember me from last week? My name is so-and-so. Instead, it's a reunion of coming to see a friend, someone we've grown in a relationship with. This week, and in every, in every possible day we can, God wants nothing more than for us to learn and to know more Know His Son more. Not just to know more about Him. Today, as we enter into this Eucharist, let us take the invitation and let us build on it. Let us form our life. Form the habit of prayer. That we wouldn't just know about Him. Wouldn't just know the profile details. But instead, we would know Him. Jesus Christ more personally.